You're listening to Making It Make Sense, the Real Fear Records podcast. This week we talk to Canada-based music bloggers, The Music Enthusiast. Founded in 2018 by Sarah Evangelista, The Music Enthusiast has become one of Canada's premier blogs for emerging talent. As we discussed in the podcast, the team's grown significantly in a very short period of time. They've had the opportunity to interview such acts as Christian French, Elijah Woods, ex Jamie Fine, Courage My Love, and many, many others. Our chat started off with Sarah and staff writer Gracie giving an introduction to themselves and the blog. Yeah, um, so I'm Sarah. I, I'm the founder, and like I'm the big boss around here. And I also interview and write around and do stuff, yeah. Um, I'm Gracie. At this point, I'm basically the co-owner. I don't know what Sarah thinks about that. (laughs) But yeah, I write reviews. I do interviews and written interviews as well and just help uh, manage the whole account and blog. (laughs) Cool. Cool. I've been following your, um, I think I, I got introduced to the music enthusiast through TikTok rather than Instagram, even though the Insta is bigger. As far as yeah. I, I know, but um, what do you want to talk me through how you how you came up with the idea in the first place? What drove you to want to come up with or to start a, a music blog? Um, so basically, um, I always wanted to do something in the music industry, but I didn't really know what. So <laughs> one night I got bored and I created like a really bad Wix website. It's probably still up there, but uh, the one we have now is way better. And yeah, it just all started from there, like three years ago, I think. Was there anything in particular that inspired you? Any other blogs that you sort of read a lot or? Yeah, well, my friend at the time was like interviewing people and like doing all this cool things. And like, I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. So I sort of like, not copied her, but in a way I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, I want to do it. And then over the time, like, I found music blogs who are now my friends that, like, I aspire to be, like, still. <laughs> yeah. And how did you get involved in Gracie? Um, I actually found the music enthusiast through a friend. My friend Jade, I think it was, was featured on the actual, like, blog when it was starting out. And I thought it was super cool. And then a couple of weeks later, we had, well, Sarah had like a call looking for writers. And I think that was like late 2019, early 2020, maybe when I applied and I got in. And honestly, I was super hyped because I love music and I love the whole industry. And I had actually been like, talking with musicians and celebrities before the blog so it was like it just felt like a good idea to kind of start writing and then from there I started interviewing with Sarah and yeah it just keeps growing cool so um this this is I guess my fifth podcast now and I'm at the point where my interview skills being massively lackluster to begin with are now you know, still quite bad, but I can, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there slowly in, in, in that um, I'm learning what not to do. How much did you research um, yourself before you started in terms of interviewing techniques? Or is that something that's just um, inherent to you? Is that something you just had? Um, personally, I still think I'm horrible at interviewing. Like, I'm like, oh my god why did I say like yeah after every answer they gave me and like I can't formulate sentences but um researching how to interview I mean I watch a lot of like interviews with like um the artists themselves like beforehand obviously but uh my friend Zach Monson he interviews for Stingray he's like a super big influence on me like Uh, we chat sometimes like I'm like is this question okay should I like reword it so basically just asking around and like practice makes perfect also like so you see what works and then you see what doesn't and yeah yeah 
Um, honestly, I laugh now because I used to, when I had my first interview for the blog, I was so scared. Like I stayed up all night, like Googling how to do it. And like, I ended up on like wiki how <laughs> at one point and I was just super stressed, but I think it's just a matter of like doing one for real and then figuring out what works for you as an interviewer, but also like I feel like it's kind of different for every artist, depending on what kind of vibe or energy they give off. So I can't really say that I'm a great interviewer. I I try my best and I definitely have learned from some hard (laughs) interviews how to change. But it's like, I think it's just like personal growth and you have to grow within the moment because everybody's different. Mm. Wiki how is it really gets um gets you out of a jam yeah it had like the pictures of how to do it and I was like oh this isn't helping me but (laughs) it's making me feel better (laughs) Mm -hmm. so do you feel like there was a strong learning curve then you you said that it sort of um it took a little bit of time to develop was that the same for yourself Sarah um yeah I think so I think um I mean, I'm horrible at speaking, like, in general and in normal life, like, I, I'm horrible at it. So, I mean, interviewing people, I feel good when I interview people, but when, like, there's so many press reps on there, it's, like, so, so different. But you have, again, you have to be ready to, like, on the spot, like, to, like, come up with more conversation starters while, like, they're talking, like to be in your mind a lot, but still trying to like know what they're saying at the same time. It's like really weird. How how does it feel for you to be the interviewee in this situation rather than the interviewer? It feels so weird. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like so I never you never really realize what it's like to be put on the spot until you're actually like in the moment. And yeah. I've had I've had a few interviews where I've been asking a question and they finished answering and they're like, well, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I'm not ready for this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But talking about like the experience part of it, um, it definitely is like, obviously, Sarah was saying it gets easier, but it's also that coming up with questions on the spot is not the easiest thing to do because you kind of have to focus half of your energy on actually listening and retaining what they're saying and then the other half of your energy coming up with a question on the spot from what they just said just so it makes it sound kind of natural in a way and not like you're just asking the written down questions yeah yeah absolutely well you describe what I'm doing right now so um you you mentioned briefly um press reps Sarah for the sake of our audience do you want to explain what that is yeah for sure so press reps are uh basically who you contact to get interviews with like both big artists and small artists some artists you could just reach out to them personally and then they're in charge of everything that goes on with their press so like interviews and written stuff and yeah Cool. And how did you, um, I assume there's a certain amount of people listening to this who are going to be trying to set up a music blog or are involved with music blogs or writing for college papers or whatever. How do you get those kinds of contacts and how do you build up the skills and uh, knowledge of, of knowing that press reps exist and that those are people that need to be contacted? Um, so... The first question, uh, like building connections and stuff, uh, it takes time, but then eventually you become friends with those press reps and it's just so much fun because like you get to see them so often. So you like know them so personally, it's amazing. And um, those press reps will then send you more artists of theirs to like interview or like talk about and then they'll just keep coming and it's just so great. And then what was the next question? <laughs> I suppose it was how how do you get the how do you learn about the industry so that you could write about it? 
figuring out the music industry is a very difficult thing to do just because it's such a like huge industry um but you definitely have to do research into it because press reps wasn't even one of the things that I originally even thought about when I started writing or whatever um so definitely do research and if you look at artist pages pages yeah if you look at the artist page they usually have like pictures or like in their bio about like who they are who they're signed with or like their management and that usually shows you to the press reps and that's how I usually find them or I just talk to the person um so do you want to talk me through some of the growth that uh the music enthusiasts has been going through since you started so much <laughs> like overwhelmingly like I look at my like emails every five minutes and like there's like 10 more so that's something and then like just the connections we got like we're super close to like big labels like Sony Warner like Capital Universal the list goes on so I mean I never would, ex- would have expected that and I mean the followers we have on our Instagram is crazy TikTok not so much because the algorithm doesn't really make sense <laughs> but yeah and um was there was w- was there a sort of a plan for your growth or was there a certain amount of it that was feeling around in the dark until you found something? Or did you know what you were doing when you went into it? Um, I'm not much of a planner. So I didn't plan like, there was no like marketing scheme or like anything. <laughs> I think it's just because my brain can't handle that. <laughs> but I mean, it's just been crazy. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, what's the music scene like? In, you guys are in Montreal, but you're not in Montreal City. Is that right? I'm in Montreal. She's in Ontario. What's the music scene like up in Canada in comparison to... Is, do you look towards the city of Montreal for all of your, your um, cues? Or is it more uh, Toronto? or? I mean... I love supporting locals. Like I have friends who are like killing it It, like in the like the Montreal scene. It's incredible. Um, But as for like when like big artists start to get big, it's mostly from Toronto, I I feel like. Like Valley is one of my favorites. I've been following them for years and like they just started to gain like so much attention. I think they're from Toronto. And like like the Canadian scene is insane. Like they're all so great. Mm. how do you think it compares to the american scene at the moment in the cities near to canada and and further afield um (laughs) i mean i think the american scene is probably doing better just because like from the canadian artists that i've gotten to talk to they always talk about how it's really hard with covid that they can't go to the u.s and kind of like build a reputation around themselves and then come back to Canada yeah there's only like limited artists like maybe Shawn Mendes or Justin Bieber or The Weeknd that actually stayed in Canada invented themselves and then were able to go off in the world usually it's you have to start somewhere go somewhere where it's actually popular and then come back yeah yeah, I think it's quite similar with Irish artists as well. You have there's a real choice that has to be made early on whether you're going to stay in Ireland or you're going to go to the UK, where the majority of the listeners and record labels are. So I guess it's sort of similar to to Canada and the US in that way. Are there many? Um, do you guys speak French if you live in Quebec? I speak French, but it's I. Okay, I'm good at it, but I like hate speaking it because I get so I I'm I'm so bad at speaking English. Like I'm so much worse at speaking French. Yeah, I mean I had to take French as a requirement for school, but ask me now and I cannot speak it. <laughs> um, do you come across a lot of bands in French in in your area, or is it sort of an oddity? I mean. There's lots of French bands in in Quebec, but 
for like submissions I don't think we've ever gotten French band I got one French artist and I was supposed to do an interview with her but um thing her schedule was super busy so I ended up just doing like an email interview which honestly I was okay with just because I am not good at French myself so I didn't want her to feel like she had to try and speak English but yeah as for bands I don't think we've had that many if any Mm. do you feel a distinct identity being from Quebec towards being anglophones in Quebec towards the rest of Canada or is that not something that that um, concerns you very much that's such a good question honestly I don't I don't really think of it like I know there's lots of French people here, but I mean, I'm just another person. I don't really think of it that way. <laughs> well, it's, in- it's interesting enough that you don't think of it, that you don't, um, it doesn't cross your mind. That says a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is that the same for, for you, Gracie? Um, I mean, I'm closer to Toronto, so there aren't as many French speaking people unless you like take French immersion school. But yeah, I mean, for Sarah, when I first met her, I was shocked that she didn't speak like fluent French. I was like, whoa, this is not what I expected. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I met one. Um, I met a girl before from Quebec. She was visiting Ireland. I, I bumped into her in a pub and her English was basic because I sort of assumed that, you know, most people would be functionally bilingual there. But no, very much that was not the case. Um, yeah, she she was she was very very French. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any particular approach to or theories or ideas or annoyances with music writing? It's a very particular kind of writing, and I'll tell you something, and that's that I I find myself often very very annoyed with the style of music writing that maybe comes out of this country in the UK. Um, because it's always to do with food. There's always a food analogy, you know? You're always comparing the music to food because you digest it and it's a very easy metaphor to make, but the music is always described as like tasty and like yummy and you're like, what is going on? Do you have any similar pet peeves or? That's so funny. (laughs) Um, I mean, music writing for me, I... I'm so bad at it because I can like I don't know what to say. I'm always like it's catchy, it's fun. That's why I got like our whole team of writers so that they could do that. And like they're so much better than me. <laughs> but Sarah's um, like someone else do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't really like how some websites like don't like hate on the artists while they're posting about them. I mean, I feel like the music enthusiasts, we like to like hype them up instead of like bringing them down. Mm. Mm. That's interesting because I was, the, I did an interview yesterday with um, a photographer here in Dublin, um, a pretty, pretty successful photographer. And he, we were talking a lot about how if you're taking pictures or if you're writing, you are sort of, the degree to which you're influenced by the commerciality of the whole thing, because you're trying to do two things. You're trying to make them look good, but you have to balance that with telling the truth and, um, and being honest about the quality and your, your, your gripes with the music. Is that something that you, you find you're in constant conflict with or? Well, I mean, if, this I'm trying to put this in the nicest way possible but like if I if because uh, like I get the emails so I listen to like everything we get sent if a song isn't like the best I don't really like pitch it to the team I just like add it to our new music Friday playlist and that's great because it promotes them as well but we don't necessarily talk about it because it's not something we see potential in but we like to promote music that like we love and we see going somewhere what kinds of music do you guys like personally and does that affect what you uh uh i guess write about gracie do you want to go first 
Um, sorry, I was laughing at the other one. Um, speaking of what she said, sorry, I'm going completely back. No, absolutely. But <laughs> we do definitely have some like weird um, submissions. We recently had one. Please give me um, all the details. Oh, <laughs> I think Sarah knows who I'm talking about. They're never going to find out. I don't know if they listen to Irish podcasts. It's quite um, unlikely. It was. It was. I don't know if he was Irish, actually. <laughs> no, I don't know. Was are we thinking about the emoji people? Yes. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we've we've had some weird kind of submissions where Sarah's FaceTime me just to get a second opinion. <laughs> And I've just kind of been like, yeah, we we can't do that because not only would it like not be what we're trying to do because like we try and write positive stuff, but it might also look bad on our website just because of that's not what we're trying to go. Like we try and talk about people who are genuinely trying to make it in music and who we see are like having a future and if someone's just kind of like half-assing it it's not really what we want to talk about I mean there have been submissions that Sarah's given to the group chat and I think I took like two or three of them when I was starting out and I was like yeah I just I can't write about this (laughs) but that sorry no that just might be me personally and that's again talking about your other question like obviously having um having like music likes and dislikes is gonna affect your writing but I personally try and like push it to the side and just um look at it with an open mind you're listening to making it make sense the real fear records podcast Our brand new state-of-the-art website is live on the internet right now. Head over to realfearrecords.com to keep up to date with all of our acts, our merchandise, our tours, and of course, Making It Make Sense, the podcast that you're listening to right now. Let's get back to the conversation where I'm about to just sort of jump things back a little bit. Just to sort of jump back a little bit, is there any particular techniques or things that you bear in mind when you are writing um, yourself, Gracie? What What are the sorts of things that you think about? Um, I <laughs> I take everything very personally, so I try and like put myself in the artist's shoes because obviously I don't want to like listen to their music and just write, yeah, don't listen to this, like. <laughs> I don't recommend this at all. (laughs) So I kind of try and figure out where they were going with the music, like what the goal was for the song, and then kind of build off of that. Because if you can kind of interpret what the song is saying and then put that into writing, it's a perfect way to like get around anything you don't know how to say, but also talk more about the song in depth at the same time. Mm. Um, how do you go about writing about sounds though? What's the, do you focus on the periphery? Do you focus on like the bio details? Is that a, um, something that I mean, is a for problem? Me, I kind of focus on like, I'm a huge music nerd. So I like instrumentals and like harmonies. So if it has any of those, I will add it in there. But if it doesn't, I kind of try and look for at least one thing that makes it unique. I don't know what Sarah does, though. I barely write about music, but I mean, I love like unique stuff. Like, for example, Remy Wolf is amazing. She's one of my favorites. And like what she's doing is unlike anyone else, like her visuals, her sound just crazy so I mean artists who I think are good I think like I would listen to again and like even if they're super small I mean that's our whole goal like I think it's so crazy like seeing them grow Mm -hmm. and um what do you feel about the general um say culture of music writing at the moment um like I was sort of 
talking a little bit about um, what it's like over here in Ireland and the UK. And I'm partially familiar with some things over in the US. Do you think that there is a big culture of it? Do you think it's important? What role do you think there is for music blogs? Um, well, we're super small compared to like big names like Rolling, Rolling Stone and like Pitchfork, all of those, obviously. But I mean, I think it's great that the fact that we're like all young people and like all sharing music that we love. I think that people like us for that, I want to say. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> Who is your favorite um, music bloggers besides yourselves? Who who do you take uh, inspiration from? Oh my god! Okay, the press release is a big one. <laughs> yes, they're they're our friends. Patrick is amazing. <laughs> and then um, there's also another one uh, called "Shit You Should Be Listening To." They're great, and everything they're doing is so cool. I'm trying to look at Instagram to see who we actually pay attention to. Um, I don't know. Is another good one? Yeah. Oh, we sometimes we go for like management Instagrams because they're kind of like blogs in a way. Yeah. They post and promote their artists, obviously. So definitely um, management Instagrams too. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's interesting as well. Um, hey, so that's how you come across Axe is through um, exposure on other blogs and management things. Do you ever just like sort of troll or scour through um, SoundCloud and things looking for smaller acts? Well, yeah, I mean, I love, like, I love small acts. Like, that's what I listen to. So, I mean... Uh, big thanks to like Spotify, Discover Weekly. I find mm-hmm. lots of those on there, and like uh, Lorem is another good playlist on there. Um, and yeah, just other music blogs too. I like looking on there sometimes and like seeing who like they think is next big thing, and I check them out. And sometimes I become like a big fan of them too. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I've recently I had the idea with Sarah to start like a new kind of series on our YouTube about TikTok artists. So recently I've been scouring TikTok nonstop looking for musicians and artists. And that's where I've found a bunch of new and up and coming people. But another big way for me personally, I know it's not as easy for everybody else is like actually talking to bigger artists and seeing what they think. So what's the plans generally for the the future then that you, what do you want to accomplish long-term with with music enthusiasts? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously like just bigger artists. I mean, I'd love to cover like big names and just like get our name out there and like create more connections. I think what we have going now is amazing, but I just hope to like grow more, especially on TikTok. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's certainly a good spot for finding smaller artists. Um, do you think that the content there is different from what you might find on SoundCloud? You think the medium affects the, the actual music or? Um, I don't know. I feel like people are more creative on TikTok just because you have that limited amount of time to sell yourself to the audience rather than someone sitting down looking up a random artist on SoundCloud and being like, yeah, I'll take a chance on this person. Yeah, I mean, TikTok is a way to go for artists because like you see like people like Madeline the person, she's post covers there and now she's like, signed to Warner and like gaining all this attention that she deserves because she's incredible. And then uh, another artist, Ella Jane, she got signed because people noticed her on TikTok. So, I mean, TikTok is a great place, but also not the point at times, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, How much much attention do you pay to um, acts from outside North America? 
so British and Australian acts, do you try to give those equal um, attention or um, is it mainly American acts? It's a bit of everyone. I mean, I just interviewed someone from the UK, actually. Uh, his name is Eden Hill, so shout out. <laughs> and he was great. I mean, I love, I love interviewing people from like the other side of the like the world, but time zones also pay like a different. I mean, I had to interview someone uh, from Taiwan last night, and it was like at like nine thirty p.m. <laughs> so nine thirty a.m. his time. But I mean, it was a big opportunity, so. I did it and it was it went great. What well, is there much of a scene where you guys are we were talking a little bit about local acts. Um I guess I guess what I'm asking is um do you go to a lot of gigs and do you source acts that way, you know, notwithstanding the, the current situation, but before that? Oh my god, yeah, that was like my whole life. Like I miss concerts so much. I I went to like bigger gigs and like also like my local friends like I it all started when like I saw Scott Hellman like years ago and then like I became friends with like their opening act and then it just like kept rolling down with like a bunch of like cooler acts who opened for each other and then along the way like I found uh this band called What If Elephants they're from Montreal who are friends with a band called Flower K who are friends with a girl named Maya, Maya Malkin, who like, they're like this whole community that, who support each other. Like they're on each other's video shoots and like everything. So it's just like so fun. Yeah. What do you think about the music scene generally at the moment? Like, I, I feel like because of COVID, there's been a lot more, obviously a lot more online stuff and, and, and um, artists have been focused more on recording. So you've gotten a lot more albums coming out. Um, do you think that's been a positive thing for, for music? Do you think music has changed because of COVID? Um, yeah, I think that a lot of music has become deeper and like more meaningful in a way because a lot of the artists I've talked to have written like a lot of songs with quarantine and COVID happening. So they're kind of inspired by like what they're feeling or what other people around them are going through. So it's definitely changed the whole like, I want to say vibe of music because it's kind of got a little bit more depressing but also more honest mm. but there still are so many songs that are like upbeat and just fun and the happy songs we need especially now. How has um how has the lockdown been for you guys up in the frozen north? Has it been okay? Um it, it was horrible at first but I mean now it's like not as bad uh, the only thing is, like, our restrictions—oh my god, restrictions—keep on like changing every week, so that's a little annoying. But other I than mean, that, yeah. yeah, Ontario, where I am, is not doing the best right now. We're still at like stay-at-home order mm. and lockdown and hot spots, so it's not fun. But it's we're kind of getting used to it, which is kind of sad to say. Um. How, do you think that, you know, we talked a little bit about how the how actual music has been affected by COVID. Do you think that the music scene will just bounce back afterwards or is there going to be some sort of sputtering to begin with? I mean, recently I've been seeing so many like tour announcements. That's yeah. been so hopeful. A connection from one side of the Atlantic to the other at this point in the conversation decided to cut out so I had to send a new link and by the time we got back into the conversation I forgot what we were talking about. We jumped back in on the subject of podcasts. So podcasts, do you guys listen to a lot? Um, what do you think about music podcasts? Um, I like them. I think it's a cool way just to like get music but also musical opinions out there. Um, I haven't really had time to listen to a lot of them just because I like just recently got out of school. So I'll probably listen to it more during the summer. But yeah, I think they're really cool. And it definitely takes a lot of time and effort because we tried. <laughs> yeah, we tried. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really last long. I mean, I don't know if we're going to start it again, but 
knows? We didn't even post the first one because we were trying to see if it would work. Mm. What was your experience? So you you recorded a couple of episodes or? Uh, We recorded. Oh, you go. Just it was literally just like one. Us having a conversation about like concerts and like what music we like. And yeah, it was like how the blog started, basically what we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. but in a very much unorganized fashion because we got super off topic really fast. Yeah. But isn't that the best thing about podcasts is that you can go off topic? I mean, if you wanted something on topic, then you could watch a TikTok or something. I mean, there's other things for being on topic, I suppose, mm-hmm. you know. Um like most of the, the podcasts I listen to are just people rambling, you know, yeah. like things that you put on when you're cooking as sort of white noise. So, you know, hopefully, or, you know, possibly we'll be white noise as well for somebody's cooking at some point. And um, fingers crossed, we, we can we can always be hopeful. That's um, a good goal. <laughs> <laughs> we just said the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that that shows how how on the same page you guys are. I guess. <laughs> yeah, there are times where we're just like thinking the same thing, and then one of us like texts it to the other one, and we're like, "Whoa, we were like thinking we to put that into words." <laughs> but no, I think I don't even know if we'll put our first podcast episode out because one, we didn't even like re-listen to it, so I don't even remember what it was on but I remember we had like a two-minute conversation on how to start the actual podcast (laughs) yeah I'd say do it put it up I think I think people would listen to that yeah that's my fear though (laughs) (laughs) yeah worst case scenario um Yeah. yeah so is there other things that you guys would like to explore like you seem to have your fingers in a lot of pies in terms of social medias like you're on pretty much all of them (laughs) TikTok was kind of recent for us I think Mm. because I know for Sarah like when we first started the blog we didn't really use TikTok like I know you had it but it wasn't like as big as it was or is now Mm. so I don't know what other social media could we use I don't know whatsapp groups maybe oh my god i'm horrible at whatsapp i mean my friend was like you should like go on twix sometimes and like share music there but i i feel like just going live and like seeing how many people are on it like stresses me out yeah because like when i leave i'm like did i do something wrong yeah 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 Twitch is sort of it's sort of intimidating for me. I don't I don't um game or anything, so I don't really know what goes on there. But and I know that's the main thing, it's it's is what it's used for is like streaming gaming and, and all of that. But I think a lot of musicians do use it as well. But I, I'm always like, but I, I don't know about that world. That's not <laughs> what goes yeah. on there. I honestly just feel like Twitch, as much as it is for everyone is just known for gaming so like if you're an artist on there people are like why are you why are you using a gaming website yeah yeah I mean I watch I watch shows there sometimes um Bowery Presents puts on like shows like every week and like it's so cool they do like they go to this arena not arena but like venue and like they film it and like it's all live and stuff and then like school night is another good one they have like four artists a night like performing and then like they interview them after so I mean those are cool things but little artists who are just like performing there I I've never really seen honestly honestly talking about social media and like music the weirdest thing that I've downloaded social media wise to listen to live music (laughs) was Roblox because someone literally had a live concert on Roblox and if you bought it or like downloaded it you could sit there and watch it what is that I don't think I've heard of that before Roblox is like a a game for I want to say kids but like (laughs) anyone can play it it's just like 
a bunch of block people kind of you know like minecraft kind of feel but yeah, like right for kids <laughs> right okay but they do concerts in minecraft as well didn't they do like a big one not so long ago and it went pretty well i don't know did they did I, did oh I it was that? someone i i know what you're talking about i don't remember who though <laughs> yeah that sounds like such a um it's just such a corona thing to do isn't it it was so weird <laughs> yeah i don't know i didn't go i didn't make it um for 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 lots of reasons but uh (laughs) yeah uh, what do you think is the thing that's that has the most growth potential for music plugs going forward do you think it is tiktok i mean lots of people are going like insanely viral on there but i mean algorithm (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really make sense uh sometimes yeah but i feel like tiktok is a great place for everyone yeah no it's it's definitely i was saying i went on a drive yesterday with my friends we were talking about tiktok as we so often do and i said like oh you know tiktok is something new and he said well yeah no shit it's something new but like i really mean that in the most <laughs> fundamental sense like it is it's different from youtube and it's different from other video streaming services because of the like sort of strange algorithm it has that's a lot more specific to everybody you know you feel you feel a lot more like the stuff is for you as opposed to to like a big um market do you use it yourself personally like outside of music enthusiasts yeah all the time (laughs) i don't use it to make videos unless sarah makes me make videos (laughs) which i sound so bossy no i just like we kind of do promo videos for the music enthusiasts and I don't like filming myself (laughs) so it takes a while but like personally yeah I use it all the time I just like I'm that person that gets stuck in the rabbit hole of just scrolling for video after video but music wise I found some great artists and um yeah I actually kind of get to manage one now which is cool but that's interesting is that something that you're interested in pursuing more in the future you know this is we had um the photographer that we had on nick o'donnell was also talking about management so this is sort of becoming a bit of a management podcast but um <laughs> what, is that something you're interested in long term that kind of i thing? mean yeah i i've always loved promoting artists and helping them grow and i got i found this guy on tiktok his name is nathan zaroni um I found him on TikTok I asked to do an interview with him for the blog for our TikTok series and I was instantly like wow this guy is so talented I'm gonna ask him if he has a manager (laughs) so now I just kind of help him with like promotion and stuff but still um it's a great experience I would love to get into it and actually do it professionally but I also do want to stick to the when COVID's over the side of like Mm. planning events and going to events and covering events um I don't know about Sarah because she also is a manager (laughs) uh yeah I manage a little band called Divine Emotions they're from Montreal um we're just trying to get their name out there right now. I'm, we're just trying to get on TikTok. I mean, trying to post like covers there. Um, what's your favorite part about it? Because if you do a music blog, you know, you're sort of, you have a lot of different hats on. You have to be a social media expert. You have to be a promoter. You know, you guys are both managers, a writer. Which bit do you enjoy the most? Um, so I love social media. I love like uh, posting there and like, getting like our look <laughs> mm. uh, out there and like creating connections I love uh emailing I love like listening to new music emailing and... is a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. of a lot. <laughs> but then it gets overwhelming but then like you like get through them and it's like okay cool um and but I don't really like writing because I don't know what to say <laughs> okay right you prefer facilitating other people saying things and you're crazy uh I don't know I I do enjoy all of it I mean I started out as a writer which I did like but I tend to overthink it a lot 
so it's not the easiest anymore but I'll still do it um yeah I just like I like social media being able to actually like contact people in general and get that one-on-one feeling with your audience um I would say my favorite part isn't even like anything I do it's just like making those connections and making friendships with either the press reps or in my case I've been lucky enough to become friends with a lot of the artists I interview which is probably my favorite part because you get to see them grow but also like it's another connection and you get to make a friend so it's a (laughs) win-win I love interviewing too um and sometimes you get to interview them again and like they're so happy to see you and that's like the best <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, talking about writing a little bit more, do you do any other kinds of writing? Um, and does that affect your, your music writing, Gracie? I mean, personally, <laughs> I do a lot of writing. I'm in school for journalism. Okay. So <laughs> it's a fair amount of writing um it definitely does affect my music writing just because I'm taught that there's this like certain style you have to go for for journalism writing and then switching over to like my music brain has kind of become more difficult for me just because I'm so like picky with my writing now yeah but it still is very easy to like listen to music and enjoy it and at the end of the day try and write about it <laughs> it is certainly two different styles but but I suppose the same general skill set yeah you know. I mean just be, just being able and like wanting to have the time to write is a big part of writing because there are people who say they're writers but then once you sit down they're like mm, I don't want to do it and <laughs> just like walk away and I I do that too yeah. But I feel like, especially with a music blog, you have to be able to sit down and just write because there are due dates for um, artists that want things out by the release or before the release. So sometimes you just got to write. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what's what's your least favorite part about it? What's the thing that you 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 find to be a little bit of a chore? writing (laughs) well first of all Mm. um but then like I don't really find it like a chore but like it's sort of like tricky with time zones again because then I have to like search up what time would be that their time and my time and then like look in my agenda agenda to see if I don't have anything else that's a little hard but that's it yeah time zones are the worst I (laughs) I honestly just google them all yeah. the time like if someone gives me a time zone I just google like what would this be as Canadian time and sometimes it works and there has been the odd time where I double book and it's stressful <laughs> yeah no somebody should really do something about those um <clears throat> time zones get rid of them make right. everything we all just time. need to have like one time <laughs> so for the artists that are listening that are smaller artists and they want to apply to blogs like yourselves, how do they do that? How do they send a good email um, that catches your attention and makes you want to listen? Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I love this question. So personally, I love when they're like, hi, Sarah, or hi, like TMEB team. Like, I feel like that's still like personal and not like they just sent out a bunch of emails like whoever um and I love when like all the information is there where they find them on like socials and like uh their press materials and I also love like just fun pitches to read I think if it's like fun and like it's not just like a bunch of information I mean it's information but put in a good way I like that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. Um, does any particular submission stand out as being, you know, kind of weird or um, eye-catching? Didn't we just have one? Someone was talking about their dog or something. (laughs) 
I swear we had one that you sent to me and they were talking about their dog and I was like wow this is the best email I've ever <laughs> heard I sent one <laughs> I'm, <trying to laughs> I'm looking for it I'm still kind of curious as to the backstory of the um, emoji band that was referenced earlier I don't know what that's about and I, I can't yeah, be okay. so, on that. Uh, before I talk about the emojis I found the email Okay. It was um, hi music enthusiast team. My dog and I have spent a ridiculous amount of time outside enjoying the weather. What have you been up to? And then they started talking about like their pitch to us, and I was like, "I'm glad you and your dog are having fun." Like, yeah. Well, oh my God, the- what was it? I want to know. Um, it was Rella. Oh yeah. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the emoji people, I don't want to say too much, just in case they, like, try and yell at us, <laughs> but they, it was, they had sent us their music, and Sarah had listened to it, and then she sent it to me just to, like, get a second opinion, because she wasn't, like, too fond about it, and I listened to it, and I was like, I, this is not the music I like. So then I sent it to someone else and they did not like it either. So we kind of felt like if three people with completely different music tastes didn't enjoy it, then it probably wasn't the best idea to um, write about that piece if we couldn't really find good things to say. And then they were really pushing for an interview, but the only thing is, the they didn't want their face in the interview they wanted it to be their their um an emoji uh-huh. which is great I mean if it's if that's their thing I, I think that's like so yeah unique. that's so, so creative cool. but like I feel like it's just kind of weird to be like talking to an emoji but how does that work did, did they put like a mask on or did you have to edit that in and post was that I, disgusting? We don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, I feel like that's an important detail, no? Yeah, no. I, we it, didn't get that far. Yeah. I mean, their music would have been great, but I feel like um it did it, lyrically, yeah. lyrically and sound-wise, it wasn't for me. Um, or Sarah or the other person. Like, I can send you a link after and you'll see. Yeah, like, yeah. definitely. That. You'll see what we're talking about. But, like, props to them for making music and being passionate enough about it to, like, release more than one song. But I just, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is, Um, I don't know if you guys, like, play music yourselves, but, um, and we can get into that in a second, but it's sort of, it's, you know, sometimes you come across bands like this and you maybe write them off at the start. But like in the long term, the bands that stay at it, like every band was terrible when they started, you know, mm-hmm. bands have to go through that phase of of just working things out and like being just not the best before they can be a proper band, you know, like every single band, no band just comes out fully formed um, that I know of you know but um yeah do you guys play music yourselves i i only play the ukulele but (laughs) (laughs) um i i used to play quite a few instruments i mean i started out playing the piano Uh, i did that for a while and i got into high school and i just like was too busy Mm. um classic (laughs) yeah I I played the trumpet. Interesting. Um, yeah, I played that for quite a while. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a guitar that I like kind of know how to play. I was going to take lessons, but then COVID happened. So that mm. just didn't happen. Um, I play the ukulele. Uh, I kind of play a little bit of the flute. I mean, I feel like everyone can play the drums. Well... Uh, I don't know about sometimes just hit it. But um I play a little bit of a xylophone just because my little sister had a xylophone as her instrument for school. 
Um, I tried learning clarinet and saxophone, mm-hmm. but my teacher would not teach me. So, you know, that's kind of where it cuts off for me. Yeah. No idea. That's an awful yeah. lot of stuff. <laughs> I used to like, my goal was like to learn how to play every instrument. And then I just realized that I probably couldn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, ukulele and piano are probably my go-to and trumpet, but I haven't played it for a while. So yeah. I love the sound of the trumpet. It's so it's so incredible. Well I did it while I had braces. Okay. And I don't know if you guys know, but you have to like kind of make a kissing face in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that with braces and metal pressing against your mouth. <laughs> was like super painful yeah it was fun (laughs) yeah that's ideal um i i taught a ukulele orchestra when i was like 17 for a little bit of time it was a lot of fun but um i i haven't done it since so i can't i can't count myself as also playing that anymore but um getting back to the artist what what's the main thing that stops an artist from being uh successful or going forwards or developing what's the thing that you look for that's most often not there that people should be trying to hone more um i don't know do you want to go first or should i sarah because i feel like we both have different things (laughs) i mean i don't at first i don't really see anything but i feel like some people lose motivation because they don't see like themselves getting so popular that's one thing, but yeah. Yeah, um, definitely the part of, a part of it is definitely themselves because if they give up or like don't see a long future in the industry, it's not going to happen just yeah. because like you need to support yourself before others can hop on and support you. Um, a big one that we, <laughs> that we recently dealt with is when people are rude to others yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's one of my pet peeves but I feel like in the music industry especially if you're if you start out nice to people and then as soon as something doesn't go your way you turn into this like you blame other people you say they're the problem yeah like I feel like to be honest, you're not going to go anywhere because no one's going to want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I totally, totally agree with yeah, that one. That's, that's definitely a big one for me. And we've definitely had an experience with that. <laughs> right. I mean, most people have been so nice. And like, yeah. yeah, that one really like took a turn, I guess. Right, yeah. right. I suppose, you know, music is something that's so built upon um, persona and ego. There's so much of that in there. Like people. No one's going to stand in front of a room of people and sing and make, you know, write songs and sing those songs for people unless they think that they're really good. And there's, you know, there's a certain amount of hubris involved or else people wouldn't do it. But um, certainly the bands that actually survive long term are the bands that consist of nice people. Like, I totally agree with that because, um, yeah, all of the bands I know now that I've known for a couple of years and are now doing well, I just such nice guys and the ba- and the bands that have been full of guys that had like maybe unrealistic expectations of what people should treat them like or whatever they really just did not go that far despite the music being good or they had to go back to the drawing board and drawing board in terms of their um their personalities or how they treat people because because it doesn't work it doesn't really work like that um but yeah that's a good lesson I think but also well, I mean, a good even, life lesson. Even if you do blow up and you achieve your goal of like being this huge superstar, um, it's definitely like if your ego gets in the way, you're going right back to where you started. Because I don't think yeah. that, especially music lovers, they don't want to put up with the the drama of it. They're just kind of there for the music. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel about acts though that go all in for like a sort of infamy and wanting to be a real dickhead to everybody so that it gives you guys more to write about them because he, you know you're like well do you think that's a tactic i can't think no one's coming to my head besides maybe like oasis or something like that 
who were just absolute jackasses. Maybe oh. then, maybe they're fine now, but <laughs> certainly they weren't. They weren't so nice to a lot of journalists and things. I mean, personally, I think it is like there's the old saying like any publicity is good publicity. But I feel like as artists grow and as the music industry grows, people are kind of putting up with that less. So it might have worked when people were like they wanted gossip and they wanted all of the drama. But now, I mean, especially as a music lover, if it if something has too much drama around it it's just not going to be the same general advice for for younger bands who are coming up and we talked a little bit about how they would go about applying but what's what should they be focusing on the most um because i think a lot of bands put a lot of time into making demos and making those the main vehicle for their uh contact with people like you guys is that a, a wise strategy? I mean, demos demos are great. I mean, because like you get to see what they either sound like now or what they want to sound like. But I also feel like um, looks and visuals are really important too nowadays. I mean, like if you just release like a debut single, like and you have like this whole look already, like people love that. Um, and I think just know that, just know like what you're going to do and where you want to take this and like just be nice overall. <laughs> overall, that's the important thing. Would you agree with that, Gracie? Yeah, I feel like, especially for bands or even single artists, you have to kind of find yourself and not necessarily, you don't have to pick one sound, but you have to kind of find out what your music is and what it is to you. So that even if people like your music, you can still kind of like be passionate about it and explain it to other people because making great music is amazing, but you have to be able to support the music as well for it to actually go somewhere. Yeah. I feel like you'll be your own biggest fan, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, you can go a bit far with that, but but a lot of the people I know who make music they listen to their own music quite a lot because they just genuinely think it's cool (laughs) you know they make the music that they want to listen to and um and because of that other people then do listen to it besides music what else are you guys enthusiastic about oh wow (laughs) i love keeping up with celebrities especially musicians but like steering away from musicians i love movies tv shows What's your favorite um, movie? Wow, all of them are like out of my head. I used to be a huge fan of the Hunger Games series. Um, you know, Harry Potter, obviously. Um, I'm drawing so many. Oh, The Giver is a really good one for me. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many movies that I just go back to and I'm like, this is so good. Mm. But um, yeah, definitely movies, TV shows. I love books um interviewing I mean I got to interview a few movie people way back but yeah just anything really (laughs) what about yourself Sarah wow that that's such a what a general question (laughs) concerts yeah I miss them so much though um yeah and like you said um TV shows. There was another one, another thing that I completely forgot about it. Um, I like making digital art. Interesting. Yeah. Who does the um? Who does the graphics for your Insta? They're all. Do you do that yourself? Thank you. Yeah. They're also profession, clean and sleek. They're they really really great, honestly. Oh my god! I worked so hard on like trying to figure out like a theme yeah. for us. Like, I have. Yeah switched it up so many times you can like scroll down and see all okay. like <laughs> but yeah so how many people are in the in the the team then so you guys or are the nerve sensor i'll take it and who else besides that is there a, a expansive group or we're like 40 people now <laughs> really yeah <laughs> gone yeah. yeah, we just added like 23 more people. So it just made 40. Which Where are you was... finding all these people? 
idea. They find us. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. uh, It's like, we're like, we have such a great team of like so many cool writers, like photographers, interviewers, like couldn't be better, honestly. And like, oh, um, Gohar, I have to shout her out. She's in charge of like behind the scenes YouTube and like our website, like SEOs and all that, because I'm not that like props to her <laughs> yeah well that's the things that make everything actually happen you know the, the um yeah. the all the, the website design and seos and, and stuff um so is there anything you want to specifically um shout out our youtube channel our tiktok channel or <laughs> <laughs> just everything okay perfect um, um sure let's let's end it there um thank you so much for coming on i i, I really appreciate it. i think it was a really informative good conversation um yeah thank you so much i really enjoyed it thank you thank you this was so fun have a good it's only three o'clock for you guys so have a good evening (laughs) you too all All the best Bye. bye and that was the end of our conversation you've been listening to making it make sense the podcast from real fear records until next time bye